together a video like that because there's so many things that we would want to include into sharing our story and uh, about the things that not just that we did, but what God did through us uh, in Nepal. Um, and I want to share this passage of Scripture from Ephesians uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 7, that just kind of has resonated with me, especially over the last couple of days as we've been preparing for this time to be able to share with you. And Paul writes in Ephesians 3, 7, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the work of His power. Although I am less than all of the, uh, uh, although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery for, or which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Him and through you therefore not to be discouraged because of My sufferings for you which are Your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the Father's love is the, is, the, is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Since August, a group of people that you see here have been preparing our hearts and our minds. We've been praying about our trip, our short-term missions trip to Nepal with a group called Disciple Makers. And we had a plan as we went in. We planned to go in and work with Disciple Makers. Let me give you a little bit of a background about Disciple Makers Disciple Makers Ministries, they actually are based out of Kentucky, but they work in several different countries around the world to provide training for local preachers and evangelists to be able to go into their local areas to preach the gospel of Christ. And they build these internet training centers, which is what we were planning to do, to go over and to build an internet training center so that students would come, small group of students of about 12, to come and to learn in nine months what we would typically learn in four years of Bible college. And then they would be released into their country to go and evangelize. In fact, right now already, uh, there, we were over there, to, we, we wanted to do the seventh internet training center in Nepal of ten that they are hoping to, fit, to complete. 
Um, basically, there is an internet training center in Kathmandu that broadcasts out to surrounding areas. And so that's what we were doing, a satellite internet training center. We'll call it ITC, okay, um, for our day and age, ITC. Okay. Um, so that's what they do. And they already have a number of evangelists that work with disciple makers in Nepal and surrounding areas. Now, Nepal is a country that is Hindu-dominant. If you don't know what Hinduism is, Hinduism is the religion that believes in thousands upon thousands upon thousands of different gods, and they don't want to miss any of them. And that is actually the national religion of Nepal. And there is actually a law that's established that if I were to go over and start preaching with somebody or maybe speaking in a town square and somebody didn't like that, there is a proselytizing law that they have that if a whistleblower was nearby, they could call the authorities on me and that would result in jail time for me. So that's kind of the atmosphere. Now a church can openly worship. They can have a church building there and they can have their doors open and, uh, and people can preach. And if somebody comes by and they kind of are drawn into that area and they want to see uh, what's going on, then that's, their, that's kind of their decision to do. Um, but there is also open persecution among the pastors and evangelists there. So that is the atmosphere of Nepal. That is, our, that is what we wanted to work in. And you saw the video, and, and many of you are already aware that 30 minutes after our plane landed, that 7.8 earthquake hit the country of Nepal. And though that was quite an experience, we, we weren't really in fear of our lives. We didn't want to pack up our, and turn around and say, well, what's the next flight out, please? There was not the, none of that for us. We just wanted to, we wanted to be there to help. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we share our stories. So I wanted to give you that context of where we were uh, so that the stories that follow have the greatest impact. You see, our plan was to go and to build this internet training center and to spend some time in that local church doing a vacation Bible school all week long. You see, our God had other plans for us, immeasurably more than, we could, than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And the thing is, is that this stuff didn't just occur to us. It, didn't, it, it wasn't stuff that just happened in Nepal, but it was happening here among you, among our families and friends. Um, I just encourage you maybe uh, as you get some time to talk with our wives about some of the things that they uh, experience, our wives, <laughs> about some of the things that they witnessed and the things that they experienced uh, and the lessons that God taught them as well uh, as we were gone. And so the stories that follow are the result of the immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to the power, to his power that is at work within us. As they share additional opportunities that we had to share the love of Christ um, that we would not likely have planned to. Good to go. Green light means go. Uh, good morning. Uh, for those of y'all don't know me, my name is Donnie Blick. And I was one of the team here that went to Nepal. Uh, first of all, I want to thank all of y'all for your prayers, um, cutting the grass for me. Uh, the, the little things that y'all did while we were gone meant so, so much. Uh, Charlie, thank you for the work that you did on that video. Watching that video brought back so many memories. 
uh, for us. Um, I mean, I got a little choked up in a bunch of the scenes there. Uh, it'll always hold a special place in our hearts, that, that little country there. Um, but after the earthquake on Saturday, some of the group had to go back, as you saw in the video, to get their, air, uh, to get their bags. Um, I was able to go with the group from Nebraska to a small tent city down the street from our hotel. <clears throat> we noticed a lot of kids under those tents from the day before as we arrived at the hotel. Um, we all wanted to do something, but, but with the continuing aftershocks, nobody was cleaning up for fear their houses would collapse. We felt doing something for the children would be a good start. Uh, we made balloon animals for the kids and some of the adults. Children were running around sword fighting with their balloon swords and helmets. Uh, we also took a lot of Polaroids of them so they could keep the pictures for themselves. Uh, that was a huge hit with the parents also. While we were trying to keep their minds off the situation, a 6.7 aftershock hit. Uh, we watched a five-story building that was under construction at the edge of that lot sway in the wind like a pine tree. As we watched, I noticed the kids did not run back under the tents like the adults did. They watched us. They stood strong with us. I believe they noticed our calmness and felt safe with us. After the quake had stopped, we continued making balloons, animal balloons, until we ran out. We had seen so much devastation so quickly since our arrival. I knew I would have plenty of pictures of fallen houses and buildings, but that's not me, though. I couldn't consider myself an optimist. I love to joke around and see the good in things. I didn't want this trip to be about the devastation, so I set out early <clears throat> to make memories. It'll be their next service. Um, I didn't know at the time that I would learn so much through the children I didn't even understand. The joy those kids showed for such a simple gesture was very refreshing to me. Uh, those were the faces of happiness I was looking for in a very sad country. My second adventure with the kids came on Thursday. We had been through so much the past few days that it was nice to just rest in God's presence. Uh, we had the dedication of the training center and a lunch at a local church, which was delicious, by the way. <laughs> uh, we watched a simple yet very powerful worship service. Uh, you couldn't help but feel the presence of God. Afterwards, the kids went outside for vacation Bible school, and the parents or the, the adults stayed inside for the service. The children were about the same age as the previous kids, but for, something was different about them. They laughed and played, also like the other group. I realized later what it was. It was hope. They were blessed to have Christian parents. Kids are very perceptive. They see what their, their parents had hope, so do they. After the vacation Bible school, we played games with huge balloons and took <clears throat> a lot more Polaroids. One of the boys yelled out, the big show. Of course, they were pointing at me. I don't understand. I'm much better looking and stronger than he is. <laughs> of course, they were pointing at me. Um, who was I to disappoint them? So we wrestled. I was holding my own until they all jumped me at the same time. I spent the rest of the time having them flex their muscles, acting like the Hulk while taking lots of pictures of them. Uh, we had a ball. Those kids taught me as much, if not more, than we taught them. I learned in those first 10 to 15 seconds on Saturday that I was humbled and empowered at the same time. Humbled in God's power. He made me feel as little as those kids, a grain of sand on a beach, a vapor in the wind. I was empowered by knowing where I'd be going had we died that afternoon. His love and forgiveness are the only things that separate us from the rest. Without him, we are as lost as the first group of kids. No hope, no forgiveness, no power given from the one true God to have everlasting life. Good morning. 
Um, I just want to say something about the 6.7 earthquake while they were playing outside. Uh, Toby, myself, Charlie, and uh, Tom were back at the airport getting our luggage. So something about that airport and earthquakes. We were inside again, and here it came. So everything was uh, just kind of weird, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, there's several powerful things that happened uh, while we were there. Um, each of us experienced things in our own way, um, the way God intended us to experience them. I would like to talk about the Holy Spirit, my experience with the Holy Spirit. Listen to Acts 4.31. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. When we finally made it to our original destination on April 29th, we ate a late lunch at the hotel, and we immediately got back in the buses and went to the building that was to be the Internet Training Center and um, the Cyber Cafe, as they call it. Um, some of our group stayed behind, and some of us went into town to buy paint and supplies to come back and uh, start working on painting. The, um, Donnie and some of the other guys had put to, were putting together desks. They had to wash the walls and the floor in preparation for us to start painting. As soon as we got back, it was kind of like all hands on deck. There was about 20 of us there, and everybody that could grabbed a paintbrush, a roller, and we just got to work. Um, um, as you saw in the video, um, the next day we came back, and more detailed painting was done. Wiring for the cafe and the ITC was completed. Computers hooked up, and the projector was hung in the ITC. We did five days' work in one and a half days, which was amazing. It was just fantastic. As we were finishing up, the students arrived and they sat at these simple desks uh, waiting to be Skyped into the university at Kathmandu. When that session was finished, it was time to dedicate the ITC and pray for the students. Now this is when something really amazing happened. The power of the Holy Spirit was made known in a mighty way. Um, I know the Holy Spirit uh, lives in me. He guides me and gives me strength. And I have felt the Holy Spirit many times, and it's usually in a situation where there are a group of believers with one mind praying to God. And what I feel is a sense of being connected to everybody and um, a joy in my heart. Well, when it was time to pray, the students, the men, went face down to the floor and began praying out loud, and the mission team was laying hands on them. Now, I don't understand the word that they were praying, but I just know that they were praising God in the name of Jesus Christ, and that is what I heard. When they became quiet, the people in our group started praying for them. There was no doubt of the whole presence of the Holy Spirit in that room. It was like I was floating, and there were no longer walls surrounding us, only God. And that moment has been stamped in my mind and heart forever. All of us had the same experience that day, and we may have felt the Holy Spirit indifferently, but we all agreed that something very spiritual and life-changing happened. The lesson that God taught me that day was that the Holy Spirit is powerful, and it gives us courage. The men that you saw in the video are risking everything to study the gospel and to go out and evangelize. Praise God.
Good morning. Um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. I grew up hearing about that peace of God, and what I learned in Nepal was perfect peace. It's difficult to describe my feelings, but as we stood in the line at Customs in Kathmandu, the earthquake struck. I remember Charlie saying, get out from under the sign, get out from under the sign. When I looked above my head, I saw the sign shaking, and I realized he was talking to me. I really wasn't processing what was going on, and and I knew I couldn't walk. I was kind of surfing, so I sort of slid out of the way. Once it was over, I began to laugh. And this little British lady came over to me, and she was just tears streaming down her face. And she said, pardon me, what are you laughing at? (laughs) So I looked at her, and I said, you know, at this point, we can either laugh or cry. I said, but look around. We're all okay. I choose to laugh, and God is with us. And she grabbed my hand. She said, well, I'm going to stay with you. So then we all got separated. (laughs) And me and Charlie went outside, and I guess she figured staying with a crazy person was the way to do it. (laughs) Um, The next few days were crowded with more shakings and aftershocks, but the peace I felt is unexplainable in human terms. It can only be explained by the presence of the Holy Spirit, and at no time there did I feel any fear. The next day, we traveled to a community on the outskirts of Kathmandu, Bungamadi. We were able to go into town and purchase water and food for the residents. While there, I met a young girl, and if you saw her, uh, the little girl I was hugging, that's her. She was about 9 or 10. She was named Manisha. Manisha told me that her house was gone. Her friend's grandfather had been killed. Her teacher had been killed. His wife had been killed, and she thought that they would just all die. She said she didn't even have a clean shirt. I told her, you're not going to die today. Let's get you some food. But that girl touched my heart so much. After that, we were given a tour of the town, and I just cried all the way through town. The peace was not gone. It was just sadness for these people. They had nowhere to go. There aren't enough places, hotels, apartments, or anything for them to go to. They were living in makeshift tents. A few days later, when we came back, I saw Manisha again. They had moved their tent into a more stable area, and she had different clothes. She was so excited she had clean clothes. She was smiling that day and hanging out with some other kids. I had been praying specifically for her, and she seemed more at peace too. I knew at that moment she had somehow found the peace and she'd be okay. It'll be quite a long time before Manisha and her friends and family will recover. Some never will. The devastation is so widespread that there are not enough places for them to relocate. But because of this disaster, God opened many doors and gave us the opportunity to speak and show God to the people, something we may not have been able to do otherwise. So instead of fear of speaking his name, I was filled with perfect peace. So on the uh, fourth morning, you saw a picture of uh, the sunrise that we, Donnie and I, went up onto the rooftop to, uh, to witness, and um, it was less than exciting because we didn't actually see the sunrise. But uh, as the sun was starting to come up and we started seeing the, the painted sky, 
the words to the song 10,000 Reasons came to my mind because as the first three days, I mean, we were kind of, you know, we weren't like in fear of our lives, but I can tell you one thing, it's just a little unnerving to, to constantly go through and just feeling the ground just constantly shaking underneath of you, not knowing when that next little jolt is going to happen or, you know, just now, 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 now. Yeah. Kind of like waiting for the red light to turn green, you know? Um, and so the song came to mind, you know, because all of our plans had gone just kind of, we're, we're just unknown. We didn't know what, to, what was coming up next. We didn't know what we were going to do. We had already gone to the village to help and, and pass out some water and, and do some things. And so we were just kind of up in the air where we are going to be able to go to our original destination and, do our pl- and, and uh, uh, continue with our regular plans or not. But the song came to mind, the sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass, whatever lies before me, let me be singing till the evening comes. We didn't know what we were going to do that day. We had no idea what was going to happen. But whatever it was, we just wanted to be open to whatever God wanted us to do. And at the end of the day, we just wanted to be singing his praises. So that was a huge moment for us. And like Paul, you know, we never really felt like that we were actually suffering through any of this except for the morning that we woke up uh, after having to sleep outside in, in the restaurant and some of our sore necks and you know, cranked backs and stuff from sleeping on concrete floors and stuff. Um, we never really felt like that we actually suffered anything, and we, we were well taken care of, but, but I think that through some of the hard circumstances, like Paul had even gone through, I, I feel the same way that, uh, as he did here in, verses, in chapter 3 of Ephesians, that our sufferings are for your glory. Our sufferings are so that the church may be built up, and so that you may be encouraged, Chester Christian Church. And my prayer for you is the same prayer that Paul prayed to the church in Ephesus. If you want to turn there in Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, verse, we're going to start in verse 14. And this is my prayer for you, Chester Christian Church. The church in Virginia, the church of the United States. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us, To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 
I want to ask you some questions, and then I'm going to share a couple of things a little bit more about uh, our trip to Nepal. Uh, but I want to challenge you with a few questions this morning. Are, how open are you to God's plan? How open to God's plan are you? Are, are you, see, you see, planning really isn't a problem. It kind of gives us a direction. It gives us some thoughts about how we're gonna, what we're going to achieve. But I think a lot of times we end up holding on too tightly to those plans that if something doesn't happen right, and especially us here in America, man, if we, we plan on ordering a number three from, from the local fast food restaurant and it doesn't come back the way that we want, whoo, you better watch out, Mr. Manager. You know what I'm saying? We are hold on so tightly to our plans. Are we completely open to what God would want us to do? Or do we want God to conform to our will for our lives, for our family, for our church? I think too often we limit God to our own expectations and we try to put Him within the boundaries of what we want. And are we willing to abandon our plan to follow the immeasurably more that He is able to do? This is the lesson that was drilled into me on our trip to Nepal. We went over there with a plan to directly minister to two, maybe 300 people through the Internet Training Center and the, and the Vacation Bible School. That was the plan. But because of the circumstances, we were able to touch so many more lives and possibly open a doorway for them to come to know the living God and His Son, Jesus Christ, you see, we, we shared images here, and we've talked a little bit about this village that we went to. When we pulled up to this village the first day, we were met by a group of about eight men who crowded our bus, yelling and screaming at us, go away, we don't want you here, you need to leave. They thought we were there as reporters, as tourists, to go in and take pictures. And finally, our group leaders, Tom and Stephen, had, had uh, worked with a, a man, he came in, he, his name was Anil. And uh, he just was a, he was a carpenter in the, in the village, and he just kind of took leadership because he saw the needs of the people, and he wanted to help them. And so, so as we got in there, Anil talked with Tom and Stephen, and they explained, we're here to help. We have water. We brought six cases of one-liter bottled waters that had about 12 in each case, six cases. And so we were able to kind of calm them down, and Anil said, okay, okay, you can come, and you can give out your water, uh, but... Uh, do not take any photos and no videos, please. Put your cameras away, put your phones away. We don't want you to do any of that. And so we got off of the bus, and I kid you not, we didn't walk for maybe 20 to 30 feet, and all those cases of water were completely gone. There was a local convenience store right across the street, so we walked over there, and we purchased 12 more cases of water and biscuits. Okay, now let me explain biscuits. Biscuits are actually cookies, okay? They just call them biscuits. So guys, there's your health connection for, you know, you know, when your wife's at the store, hey, woman, pick me up some Oreo biscuits. Yeah. I dare you to talk to your wife like that. Um, so uh, anyways, we, we picked up these cases of, and, and the supplies, and, and Stephen and Tom said, please pray as you walk. This is a spiritually dark place. We need, we need, we need to pray as we walk. And I remember that as we walked down the road, that my specific prayer was, God, would you please allow some way for your word to penetrate into the hearts of these people? That was my simple prayer. 
And as we went down, we walked down to the road, and we were distributing water out and, and the biscuits. We ran out of biscuits. They moved us down into a field. And I was, I was like, man, 20 minutes later, these guys are going to be thirsty again. They're going to be hungry again. And so the people started crowding around, and we learned a lot about that village. We learned that there were, there were, there were 5,000 people that lived in that village, and about 95% of that village's homes were destroyed. And the government had gone in and they had given the people ten tarps. Ten tarps. And I was encouraged because one of the last things that I saw before we left that field was Stephen getting the uh, phone number of Anil. And I was so encouraged by that because, man, God, thank you so much. Because that shows that, that, that somehow, some way, Disciple Makers is going to send in evangelists into that area to be able to preach it didn't really end there for us, though. We went, we went out of Kathmandu because the stores were closed, and we bought supplies, and when we came back, we were able to go back into that village. And you know, the same man who was sitting there screaming at us the first day that we got there jumped onto the bus, and he said, Welcome, friends! What a difference. What a difference 18 cases of water made to their lives. God's plans are immeasurably more than all that we can ask or imagine. You see, there were so many other opportunities for us other than just this one to to reach a village of 5,000 souls that hopefully the gospel will be able to go in now because they're softened to, to, to receive that. But also, the fact that we were able to openly worship inside of a hotel and, and sing praises to our God so loudly that it drew the hotel staff to come in and listen to how we praise and worship our God. Opportunities that we likely wouldn't have had if we had gone with our plans. That doesn't also mention the, the attitudes of our group that that none of us grumbled except for the kinky necks, you know? <laughs> Waking up. Uh, uh. That's, none of us grumbled, even though we had to sleep outside, even though there were a couple times that we prolonged having food for, for extra long periods of time. Nobody grumbled. Nobody had attitudes when the planes said that the, when the flights were canceled on us. Nobody had a problem with anything. Oh, man, our, our plans have just completely been foiled. It's time to go home. None of that. And it was a witness to the hotel staff. It was a witness to the people that were seeing us and watching the crazy Americans running in and out of the departure room like, like chickens who are out of a hen house or something, you know? Like, why are these people keep coming back in? Actually, I had to be there. All right. <laughs> but you see, none of this was because of us. We couldn't have planned any of this. But it was because of his power that was at work within us. We sing the song, not to us, but to your name be the glory. And that is exactly how it was for us. Because that same power that drove us to accomplish the tasks that God laid before us is the same power that created the heavens and the earth. It's the same power that was given to a man by the name of Samson in the Old Testament to defeat the Philistines. It was the same power that was given in the New Testament to the disciples to drive out demons and heal the sick. It is the same power that Jesus promised his followers 
to live inside of them after he was gone. It is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And it is the same power that forgives us of our sins. That power lives within us. And it is at work within us. So let me ask you quite simply. Are you trying to limit God in what what he can do in you? By asking for your will. Or are you opening yourself up to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us? To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father God, we just, um, we just give you all glory. Because of your power that is at work within us. God, may the way that we live our lives, may the attitudes that we have based on reactions for things not going our way, God, would you just use those just to help people come to know who you are. Father, we know that you are able to do so much more. You created the heavens and the earth. You created the universe and the stars that we see at night. They're so much farther beyond our comprehension. And somehow we get stuck thinking about our plans. And we get stuck holding on to our plans. God, forgive us. Forgive us for trying to limit you. Help us to be bold in our faith. Help us to stand up and to proclaim your gospel. But again, Lord, not for us, for you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm sure you have questions for the four of us and our wives maybe. um, And things that probably you saw on the screen and you want to know more about. We're going to be around. Don't worry, we're not not leaving. We have a second service. uh, we're going to be around to, you know, you guys feel free to come and talk with us. Uh, there's probably so much more that we could share uh, about this. There is so much more that we could share. But during this time, um, uh, as we have announced over the past couple of weeks, uh, we're going to take up a special offering um, for uh, the relief efforts in Nepal. That money is going to be going to disciple makers, and uh, we're kind of working out some, uh, some things about using that money, but... Um, my understanding is that right now, Disciple Makers has 11 evangelists that, they, that are working with them that have completely lost their homes. And so um, this might be a great way, opportunity for us to be able to help those 11 evangelists to rebuild their homes so that they can, without distraction, boldly proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. And so um, uh, I, would, I would actually like to ask really for, for four things for you, four specific things for you to pray for, for the country of Nepal. The first is the, what we've already prayed for, it's for relief. Uh, they, need, they need help, they need relief. Up just a couple, until a couple of weeks ago, they had over 100 aftershocks rating over 4.0 on the Richter scale. It is nerve-wracking to them. They're, they're, they're strained just so much by, by, by just the constant suspense 
of everything. And then now, to add the pressure, rainy season is getting ready to come. And a lot of them haven't even harvested their crops because <laughs> their stuff is buried. All of their harvesting stuff is buried. So things are just really tense. So pray for relief. Pray for relief for them. Pray also that... Um, uh, pray also that they will come to know Jesus Christ. We need to pray for those souls there because the peace that we felt in Jesus and Christ, they didn't have. They didn't have that hope that we had. And so pray for them for that. Pray for the evangelists that are over there to, to boldly proclaim the gospel and also pray for your hearts that you may continuously be touched by needs like this that you can maybe be able to help in some capacity, in some form. And so we're going to sing uh, this song, and uh, we'll collect the offering during this song, but that's not the only thing that we want to do during this song, because yeah, I don't know what you're facing in your life. You may be going through your own little earthquake. You may be going through something major in your life, and maybe you're having a hard time grasping hold of that peace that's in God. And so we want to pray with you, if that's you. Maybe you're here today and you've never experienced that power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and we want to talk with you about that today. And if maybe you're here, you're looking for a place to serve, uh, to, to be ministered to, to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, we want to hear from you. So we're going to stand together, and we're going to sing about the greatness of our God, and if you have something to, to, to decide today, you want to talk about or pray with somebody, just come up front. Aaron and I will be up here uh, to pray and talk with you. Stand and Water you've turned into wine Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you There's none like you Into the darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you There's none like you Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you, there's none like you. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other.